Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. Good morning and welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. We're very thankful that you've had a chance to tune in today. If you happen to be in North Mississippi, we'd invite you to come see us at Sulphur Springs in Caledonia, Mississippi, or at Macedonia in Ackerman, Mississippi. Go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com, and you can find a church that may be near to you. And you can find our past messages, and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast from our website. And be sure and email us if you enjoy our program as well. This morning, we'd like to bring a message from Hebrews chapter 10, encouraging the saints to not forsake the assembling of the church, not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And this ended up being a somewhat extended message. So we will omit a song today and we will go right into the message this morning. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you. God bless. I'd invite you to turn with me in the Word of God to Hebrews chapter 10, and we would like to consider beginning in verse 19 through verse 31 this morning in Hebrews chapter 10, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And this morning, I'd like to be very direct with you. This has been a problem ever since the beginning of the church, no doubt. Paul addresses that in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of of some is. So they had problems in the early church as well. People that were not engaged in the body of Christ, people that were not consistent and engaged in attending public worship or in assembling or fellowshipping with the saints outside of Lord's Day public worship. So this is not a new phenomenon that we have in 21st century American Christianity. It's a problem that God's people have had throughout all centuries, even dating back to the original church. But it has become evident in America, especially in the aftermath of the peak of this COVID crisis and the challenges with COVID that we are currently in, we have seen many people, we have seen many church members that have willfully chosen to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And I want us to understand this morning the importance of assembling with the saints, the value that has for us in our daily life, but also Jesus Christ bought and paid for this direct access and communion with God with his own blood. And this language here in Hebrews chapter 10 shows us the severity of willfully disregarding the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to just willfully choose to sit at home. It dishonors the blood of Jesus. It dishonors the Son of God because it's by his blood that he has bought and paid for your direct access to God that people in the past, people before the New Testament church kingdom did not have. And Jesus bought and paid for that access and communion with God that you have in the church and in the kingdom of heaven. And when you disregard that, you willfully choose to neglect that. Not only is that hurting your spiritual growth, but it's dishonoring to the Son of God. 
And then we would like to close by just looking at some passages to where it should not be a burden for us to go and assemble with the saints. It should be our greatest joy here in this world. The assembly of the saints and presenting our bodies a living sacrifice in the church kingdom should be our greatest joy here in time as we press into the kingdom of heaven, which is the closest we can get to heaven here on earth. So as we approach this topic, I certainly want to be mindful of the fact that there are some people that have legitimate health concerns that it might not be prudent to attend public worship during this time. And if you happen to be one of those people that have been very isolated, that has chosen to not really leave your home and have other people shop for you and not go out and eat in public and not go out and do some of the normal activities, if you're 70 and up, so to say, and you feel like that that is in the best interest of your over overall health, then that's a personal decision that we all have to make. But who I'm primarily speaking to this morning is not people that are in a critical, vulnerable health state. These are healthy people that engage in every other area of life. They go out to ball games, they go out to restaurants, they go out to large events where you are putting yourself in much more danger of contracting the virus or some other disease than you are attending what unfortunately for the Primitive Baptist is a very small group, a very small setting. You are willfully neglecting the assembly of the saints. So if you have chosen to engage in every other area Area of life. If you've chosen to go out to ball games, if you've chosen to go out and eat in public restaurants, if you go into the mall or to Walmart and you engage in all of these external actions, then you have the ability to attend public worship. You have the ability to go to church. You have the ability to assemble with the saints. And if you have that ability and you choose to not do that, that is a willful sin. And that's what we're going to consider this morning as a willful sin. And you're willfully choosing to dishonor the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, and as we said, there are some people that have pre-existing medical conditions that it might be prudent for them to not attend during this time. And there are others that might have to miss the assembly of the saints from time to time due to their profession, a police officer, a firefighter, a medical worker, etc., etc. Now, I will say you need to seek the kingdom of God first and foremost in your life. And arguably, the most time that you're going to spend in one location for the rest of your life is your profession. So you need to seek the kingdom of God first and foremost in your profession. And if you are not able to consistently, the majority of the time, I'm not talking about once a month, I'm talking about the majority of the time, only missing occasionally, if you're not able to attend public worship and assemble with the saints the majority of the time, then you need to be considering a different job that allows you to do that. That is part of seeking the kingdom of God first and foremost in your life. So we do not need to voluntarily take jobs where we are only able to show up to church once a month. That's just unacceptable, okay? And furthermore, we need to have jobs that don't prevent us from assembling with the saints throughout the week outside of public worship. So our employment and our jobs have to be understood through seeking the kingdom of God first and foremost. And it is not appropriate for a child of God, for a member of the church, to take a job for an extended period of time. Now, I understand there may be short periods of time where you're in a financial crisis and you have to take something and bite the bullet for a short period of time. But if you voluntarily choose to take a job 
job and stay in that job without looking for something else where you are missing the majority of church, you are not putting the kingdom of God first and foremost in your family's life or in your employment, okay? So you need to do that. And then another caveat that many people might say is, oh, well, my ox was in the ditch. Well, it is possible that we have certain obligations that are timely obligations that we need to take care of from time to time. But there's a problem if your ox is in the ditch every week, right? That is a occasional circumstance. I mean, sometimes we do have flat tires. Sometimes our car is messed up. Sometimes there are legitimate circumstances. We have a child that is sick. But actually, that context where Jesus was describing the ox being in the ditch, the Pharisees were condemning him for doing good works on the Sabbath day. Remember, you're not supposed to do anything good on the Sabbath, according to the Pharisees. And he says, look, even you, you're being hypocritical because even you, if you have your ox, which represents the livelihood of people in first century Judea, if your ox is in the ditch on the Sabbath day, if you leave him in that ditch for a long period of time, he could be injured. He could possibly even die. So obviously, if your ox gets in the ditch, that is a time-sensitive matter. You get him out of there, and if he happens to get in there on the Sabbath day, you get him out on the Sabbath day. So he was exposing the hypocrisy of the Pharisees that even they would take care of timely, urgent needs on the Sabbath day. And there's certainly things that come up from time to time, occasionally, not perpetually okay, but there are things that come up from time to time that are urgent, that are timely, that we need to take care of. Our child gets sick, we need to take them to the doctor, right? But those should be occasional, those should not be perpetual, okay? So, I'm not saying this morning that everyone that doesn't show up to church is willfully sinning. No, there are many people that are in assisted living homes that are not able to get out. There are many people that have legitimate health concerns. And from time to time, we might have to miss because of professional or other personal matters. But those, again, should be occasional, not perpetual. But if you're listening to this this morning, I will tell you, you know, you know if you are willfully choosing to go or not, okay? It's not my job to give you a whole set of parameters. And if you don't do this, this, and this, then you're willfully forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. You know individually if you are willfully doing or not. Do you have the ability to go, and are you willfully choosing to go do something else? That's what we're considering this morning. And if you have the ability to go, and you go and do everything else in life, and you're using COVID as an excuse to not go to church, you are willfully sinning. And I want you to understand, you are dishonoring the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, so in Hebrews chapter 10, the Apostle Paul has been laying the foundation for the sufficiency of Christ's sacrifice. He's been laying the foundation for Jesus Christ as our great high priest. And it says in verse 19, having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So the blood of Jesus Christ has purchased us direct access into the holiest of holies. And if you think back to the Old Testament, there was a veil that separated the people from the intimate, close, manifest communion and glory of God. And now when Jesus gave up the ghost on the cross, the veil of the temple was rent in twain 
That's what he says in verse 20, by a new and living way, which he has concentrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, that veil was rent in twain, his body was broken for us. And now because of the blood of Jesus, we have direct access into the holiest of holies and we are kings and priests. And I, as a New Testament priest, can enter into that holiest of holies. I can enter into the mercy seat and I can commune directly with God in the holiest of holies. The blood of Jesus, Jesus has bought me that access. And the Apostle Paul goes on to say here, if you dishonor the access that Jesus Christ's blood has bought for you, then you are trodden underfoot the Son of God. Okay, and we're going to get there in a minute. But the high priest has bought us and given us direct access to commune with God in public worship. Verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now God has given us that access. Christ has given us that access and we need to draw near. We don't need to neglect that access. We need to press into the kingdom, right? We need to press into that holiest of holies and let's draw near to God. Verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised. So first of all, we know from the overall book of Hebrews that these are some Jewish Christians that were wavering. They were on the verge of leaving New Testament Christianity and going back to the law and going back to these Jewish principles. And, and the whole premise of the book of Hebrews is don't do that because what you have in the New Testament kingdom is better. Everything is better. Everything is better in the kingdom than in the bondage of the Mosaic law. So these were people that were wavering. These were people that were on the verge of leaving the church. These are people that were in a very vulnerable state. And he said, look, stick with it. Hold fast. Hold fast the profession of faith that you have made. So when you join the church, you are making a profession of faith that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he was resurrected from the dead, and that he finished the work of salvation on the cross. Now, you make that public profession and you believe that. But when you join the church, you're not just saying, oh, I believe in Jesus and I'm going to put my name on the roll books of this church and then I'm going to go do whatever I want. No, you are making a covenant. You are making a covenant before God and you are making a covenant with all the other members of that church to say, I will be faithful to this body of believers. But ultimately, by being faithful to the church, I'm faithful to Christ, right? If you're not faithful to the church, you're not faithful to Jesus Christ. You can't love God. You can't love Christ with all of your heart, soul, and mind if you don't love his church, his body, his bride with all of your heart, soul, and mind, right? So when you join the church, you are making a covenant commitment to God and to all the rest of the church. And if you dishonor that covenant, I'll tell you, God takes breaking of covenants very seriously. And he reminds you that he always keeps his covenants, right? For he is faithful that promised. God made a covenant. God made a promise. And he is going to be faithful to fulfill his covenant and promise. And you need to do the same to fulfill your covenant commitment to the church and to Jesus Christ. Okay? So don't waver. Don't fall away. Don't fall away from public worship. Don't fall away from the church. Hold fast, right? Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. We need to be engaged in the lives of the other members of the church. Let us consider. That means to look intently upon, to evaluate the full course and manner of their life. And you can't just consider them. You cannot engage in the body of Christ by simply sitting in the same room for an hour and a half, 
having pleasantry handshakes before and after, and going and having no interaction during the week. You need to have enough interaction with the other members of your church that you know them well enough to know when something is wrong, that you consider them, that you know about their life, and you're invested in their life. And then furthermore, when you consider them, you see somebody growing a little cold. You see somebody doing some things that they ought not do. And it is your responsibility. It is your responsibility as a member of the church to provoke unto love and to good works. It is not the pastor's job to go hunt down everybody that doesn't come to church and tell them to come. It's not the pastor's job to go encourage every single person that's downtrodden. It is every single member of the body's responsibility to consider the whole body and to encourage members unto love and to good works. And again, especially in what we're talking about today, it's not the pastor's job to go hunt down people that don't come to church. It is the entire body's responsibility to provoke and to love and good works. And what good works is specifically under consideration here? Not forsaking the assembling of the saints, right? Not forsaking public worship, but also other assembly. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. What day? What day is approaching? Well, I tend to believe that's Lord's Day public worship on a regular basis. In other words, we're supposed to be exhorting one another. Well, you don't wait till they don't show up on Sunday and call them on Sunday afternoon and say, where were you? No, you need to be exhorting them and provoking them unto good works Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, call them twice on Saturday, right? You need to be engaging with them. And certainly in my role as a pastor, I have a responsibility to do that too. But it's the whole church's responsibility to encourage those that are fading away. They're fading away from the assembly of the saints. And we certainly need to encourage people that have the ability to come, that are willfully choosing to sit at home, that, hey, you need to attend public worship. But this doesn't say not showing up to public worship. Notice the language here. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, okay? So this is not only about not showing up to church. If you know that the church is meeting on a Wednesday night for worship, and you don't have a good reason not to go, and you willfully choose not to go, that's forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. If you know the church as a whole body is going to have a church work day to clean up the church and take care of some things at the facility, and you don't have other obligations, and you willfully choose to sit at home and watch TV instead of going and engaging and assembling with the rest of the saints to work on the church, you're willfully sinning. If you know that the church is having a specific time of fellowship or a specific time of Bible study and you willfully choose to not go when you don't have other obligations, you're forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. So I want you to understand, this doesn't just say, hey, show up to church. Yes, you need to show up to public worship, but there are other opportunities where the saints are assembling together that we do not need to be forsaking. And again, I just want to say, you're the only one that can answer if you're doing this willfully or not, okay? You need to put the kingdom of God first and foremost in your life. And if the kingdom is first, you should put the kingdom first, right? I mean, that's just simple. If I have the option of assembling with the saints in the kingdom or sitting at home and watching TV, my default desire should be to assemble with the saints, right? But there are other opportunities than solely public worship to assemble with the saints. And if we willfully choose, we don't have other obligations, we don't have other commitments, we willfully choose to not assemble, 
That's dishonoring our Lord, okay? And he goes on to say this, verse 26, for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Now, what's the willful sin he's talking about here? Willfully choosing to sit at home when you have the ability to assemble with the saints. That's a sin. The word of God and the Holy Spirit answers that question. How wrong is that? It's a sin. And it's a willful sin. And God takes willful sins. When you know the right thing to do and you willfully choose to do the opposite, God does not take that kindly. God does not take that lightly. For if we sin willfully, and it is a willful sin to have the ability to assemble with the saints and for you to just sit at home and watch TV and eat Cheetos, okay? That is wrong. That is wrong. And I want to just go ahead and insert right here for you. Watching a live stream of church is not church. The word church in the New Testament is ecclesia. It's an assembly. Now, I'm thankful to be able to be spiritually encouraged by audio and video of sermons. I listen to sermons all the time. I listen to audio of them all throughout the week, video. I'm very much encouraged by having the ability to engage in that spiritual content throughout the week. And you know what? If you are in those categories where you physically can't come, I'm thankful we have those opportunities to be able to do that. But if you willfully choose to sit at home when you're engaging in every other area of life, if you willfully choose to sit at home and watch a live stream instead of assembling with the saints, that is a willful sin that you need to repent of, okay? Because this is how serious this is. This is not just a pastor trying to scold people for not coming to church. This is how serious God takes you forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. He says, if you sin willfully after doing that, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Now, obviously, we have to put this in the right context, right? All of this language is going to be heavy, heavy language. Boy, I tell you, it is heavy. Because God is underscoring the severity of this willful sin. And obviously, there is no action that we can undertake here in this life that will cast us to hell, right? So when he says no more sacrifice for sin, that doesn't mean that Jesus died for you, you quit coming to church, and now you're going to go to hell. That can't be what that means because that contradicts the eternal security of all of God's children. What does that mean? That means that you're acting like, through your actions, you're acting like Jesus didn't even die for you. The sacrifice of Jesus and the blood of Jesus has no effect on your life if you willfully choose to sit at home and dishonor the access that Jesus has bought for you. What did we just say? The blood of Jesus has bought you access to God. The blood of Jesus has bought you access into this kingdom. And if you willfully choose to not press into that kingdom, then you're saying, you know what? It's like I don't even have access. It's like Jesus didn't even buy me access. You're dishonoring the blood of Jesus. Verse 27, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sorer punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and accounted the blood of the covenant wherein he was sanctified unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Do you understand the severity of this language? He says, if you don't press into the kingdom, if you don't assemble with the saints that the blood of Jesus has bought you, it's as if you were trodden underfoot the Son of God. And notice this, he hath counted the blood of the covenant wherein he was sanctified. We're talking about saved people. We're not talking about 
false professors. Some people want to make these false professors. They were sanctified, okay? These are children of God that are sanctified. But through their actions, they're saying the blood of Jesus really has no impact on my life. The sacrifice and the salvation that he has given me on the cross has no impact on my life. You count the blood of Jesus an unholy thing. I'll tell you, this is sobering, borderline scary language. We dishonor the blood of Jesus when we willfully choose to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We trod underfoot the Son of God, our Savior, our Savior that died for us. We dishonor his blood and we dishonor his covenant by which he sanctified us, by which he saved us. Now, God knows how to deal with his people. He knows how to chastise his children. Verse 30, for we know and have said, vengeance belongeth unto me and I will recompense. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Boy, it is. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of judgment of our God. Now, it's a beautiful and comforting thing. Think about the hands of Jesus that catch us when we're falling and that hold us up as a father loves his child and loves his son. It's great. It's great to think about the hands of a living God in that loving way. But if we are willfully sinning and willfully dishonoring the blood of Jesus, boy, it is a fearful thing. It is a sobering thing to fall into the hands of judgment of the living God. So I want you to understand how severe and how important this issue is. It's not just a pastor calling you on Sunday afternoon saying, hey, I didn't see you at church today. I really hope I can see you next week. I want you to understand how important this is. When we willfully forsake the assembling of ourselves together, we are dishonoring the blood of Jesus. That's how important this is, okay? So that is the fearful exhortation. <laughs> so that is the fearful exhortation. I want you to understand how important it is and how sobering this should be, but I don't want to leave you with a scary exhortation. I want to leave you with a joyful exhortation because our greatest joy here in this world should be assembly with the saints. It should be. David wrote in the Psalms, Psalms 27 and verse 4, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. This should be the attitude of every single child of God. If you were going to ask one thing of the Lord, what would it be? And you might ask for something you don't have. You know, this is an interesting point, right? You might ask for something I don't currently have, a new job a new house, my refrigerator to be fixed. <laughs> you might ask for something that you don't have. Well, actually, David says, if I could ask for one thing, I would ask God to preserve and continue to give me what I already have, which is the privilege of dwelling in the house of the Lord. I want God to preserve what I already have. And he says, that is the most important thing in my life. That's what seeking the kingdom of God, first and foremost, looks like in action. In Psalm 84, we begin in that chapter in verses 1 and 2. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of God. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. So where do we commune with God? You know, if you love God, if you want to spend time with God, where do you go to spend time with God? You spend time in his house, don't you? So he says, my heart and my flesh cries after God. Well, where can I go commune with God? in the courts of the Lord, and, and my, my heart longs, and I even faint for the courts of God. He goes on to say in verse 10, 
of that chapter that we all know very well. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand, and I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. If we truly love God properly, if we love God in that way, we are going to have a desire. We are going to want to press into the kingdom. Do we really value a day in fellowship with God and a day in fellowship with the saints? Do I really value a day in your courts as better than a thousand out in the world? You know, if we really love God that much, if we really love God in that way, we don't want to miss any opportunity to spend time with our Savior, right? We don't want to squander any opportunity to spend time with our beloved. So this message today is not a legalistic message saying, hey, show up to church. You need to, you need to, but you need to because of your love for Jesus. That's what it boils down to. May God bless you with his love and mercy this morning. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast, entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus.